In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus was led into the desert by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. If the Lord was tempted, then how can we imagine that we also will not have to struggle with the tempter? With, as a matter of fact, the three great enemies that we have to struggle with all through our lives, the world, the flesh, and the devil. All three of these things are pushing on us. We have a difficulty sometimes resisting temptations because of our fallen nature, the wounds to our nature because of original sin. It's very difficult for us to control our appetites and our, our passions. We, we often do things that we know we really shouldn't do because in that moment we have been confused or deceived or we deceive ourselves about what is truly good and true and beautiful. And so we experience great temptations. And this time of Lent is a time especially to consider our battle plans, our strategies when it comes to temptations. We are, after all, members of the church militant, which makes every one of us who is baptized a soldier under the banner of our great captain and our savior Christ. Benedict XVI said in a sermon for Lent in 2010 that Lent is like a long retreat in which to re-enter oneself and listen to God's voice in order to overcome the temptation of the evil one and to find the truth of our existence. So we use this time to overcome temptations, but we also use this time to find out the truth about ourselves. Now, Lent has been compared to going into a desert, which is a place where there isn't a whole lot going on. There aren't a lot of distractions in a desert, and so we can become introspective. One of the things that we should do during all through Lent is to put aside needless distractions, turning off the screens, for example, or putting things aside that, are, that can distract us from what we're really all about here, the drilling like soldiers have to undertake during Lent. Now, that, met that desert is also a metaphor for fasting and mortifications. In other words, saying no to yourself and saying no to additional or unneeded comforts and so forth. Pleasures of the, pleasures of the flesh. But primarily, this desert experience is a time for examining ourselves, delving deep into our minds and hearts to learn who we truly are. We must know who we truly are before we can make improvements, before we can really go to work on ourselves. We have to know anything. When you, For example, when you're going to build a building of some kind, you have to know the terrain. You have to know what's going to be underneath that building so that the building doesn't fall apart and, and crumble once it has been constructed to a great waste of time and effort. 
And that means that we have to delve down with brutal honesty in self-examination. This is a sine qua non of the spiritual life. If you want to have an authentic spiritual life, you have to look deep, deep down within. And that takes some stillness. It takes some quiet. It takes discipline. It takes a little time because we might not be very used to doing something like that. And so we might have to take a run at it a few times and practice it like everything else that we want to get good at in life. It takes repetition and practice. We of the church militant, like soldiers, have to become fearsome warriors against the things that would bring us down, the world, the flesh, and the devil, and against, to a certain extent, our own ability to deceive ourselves or to take it too easily, take it too easy on ourselves. We have to be fearsome warriors and not quivering, whimpering little snowflakes. We don't have to be affirmed about how wonderful we are just the way we are. No, we have to dig down and delve in and rip open those dark places within us and really look around, really root around in our souls, or root around in our minds and look into our hearts to find what it is truly that we love. What is it that we're really pursuing? And once we find the things that are problems, especially habitual sins, which become vices, then we have to, like again, like good soldiers, map out tactics and strategies in order to, in order to overcome them. We have to be smart about ourselves, smart about our sins. We have to make plans that we can implement as soon as we see ourselves heading down the path towards sinful acts. I think most people don't just bang sin out of the middle, out of, you know, just, just bang, they just do it. No, no, there's usually a kind of a kind of a step-by-step sliding up to it, sidling up to sinful acts. And then this pattern can become recognizable in us so that we know beforehand, okay, I'm heading down this path that I recognized before, and it, sometimes it ends this way, and this time when I'm heading down this path, we're going to head off in this, this other direction. We're going to do something else. You have to plan ahead of time what you're going to do instead of that thing, that thing that you know that you shouldn't. And this is where I will give a piece of advice. The plan should be something concrete. Don't make it all dreamy, you know. It's possible to get all dreamy and nebulous about yourself and your behavior and so forth. No, no, make it really concrete. And, you know, an example that I'll always give is because it's really a fairly unpleasant task and it, and it requires physical effort, go out into the garage or the driveway and scrub some oil stains out of the pavement. That'll, it's a concrete thing to do. It takes some physical effort. It'll tire you out. But it's also not the sin that you are about to commit. 
Now, there could be any one of these projects, you know, something as unpleasant as uh, for some of you young people who might be in, out on your own or in, in college, maybe cleaning out your refrigerator. I remember what student refrigerators can look like. It's a truly unpleasant task. It's something that will get your attention, but it won't be the sin, okay? Find something concrete. Everybody is going to have to do something, you know, a little bit different. So, remind yourself that fighting temptations and sins also is going to make you suffer. There's no way around this. Be ready to suffer. When you root around within yourself and you look into those dark corners and you figure out where your problems are, and then when you begin to face them in the temptations or the appetites and desires or passions or whatever are working against you so that you may be heading down in a, you know this direction or that that you shouldn't go or when you know that at this point from your spiritual good you should enter into some fasting and some mortifications as soon as you make that choice you're going to begin to suffer especially if things are deeply ingrained and habitual saying no to yourself means suffering now athletes and soldiers who do lots of repetitions training know that what that their drills are going to hurt they're not fun we're not here only for fun we are going to have to work very hard at these things we have to toughen up and prepare for the battle we have to prepare for the crosses that we're going to bear. And when you take a cross on, it's going to rub your shoulder raw. And eventually your shoulders will strengthen. And you'll be able to bury, bear even heavier crosses, which will make your shoulders raw again. And then repeat. There are going to be times when you fail. Well, then you get back up and go to confession. Examine your conscience. Figure out what it was that you did or that you failed to do that led you down that path into that sin that you know, that you knew you weren't supposed to commit. And remember that in this process, we have a great ally who knew what it was like to be tempted by the tempter himself. Our Lord also experienced temptations. He has compassion for us. He will offer us every grace that we need to overcome the temptation. Our Lord will never allow us to be tempted beyond our ability. So be consoled that when the suffering is great, that means the graces that are being offered are great. The love of the Lord is great in that moment. The greater the suffering, the greater His love for us. Remember also, in this time of spiritual exercises, the Lenten exercises, the exercitia, the discipline that we have to undergo as soldiers of the church militant, that you are, or most of you are, also confirmed. You have a sacrament that is meant to help you in times of struggle, 
when it's difficult to make decisions or when you're working with something very hard, you can call upon the grace of that sacrament. Lord, I am a, conf I am a confirmed man. The Holy Spirit should be in me as a temple. Help me now through the sacrament of confirmation which you have given me to stand up, to do the right thing, to avoid evil, to embrace that which is good, true, and beautiful. And in addition to that help which is within you, you also have help which is exterior to you. That is, your holy angels are given to you for your whole life in order to help you precisely in moments like that, to help keep the tempter away, to help strengthen you, to guide you, to help you not put your foot wrong. The Lord sends holy angels to guide every single one of us. They ministered to Christ after his temptation by the enemy. They will minister to all of us as well. So be strong, be smart, be willing to suffer. Open up those dark places, look deep inside, because we have to know ourselves. We have to, as Benedict XVI said, find the truth of our existence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.